Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. I want to share a brief message this morning about how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And parenthetically, I'm titling it The Secret of Contentment. And I want to start off by talking about Frozen 2. Is anybody here like me and seen that about 20 times during quarantine? Let me hear your horns or your claps. We got a couple. One. Was that my family? (laughs) Were we the only ones? We got a couple right here that aren't at their horns. Uh, I was thinking of doing a poll. It has some great music. I'm not actually going to do the poll because I'm not sure if enough people have seen it. But let me just give a shout out to one of the songs, which is called Lost in the Woods. And this song is an homage to 80s Chicago It's an amazing love ballad. you got to check it out. I listen to it for my own pleasure. In my family, we love happy songs. Recently, one of my daughters, Kenzie, who's here today, she sang uh, with her class at school for a concert a few months ago. And they did Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And they did What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And they just did fantastic. We've been singing those songs around our house. They've also been singing the worship songs Waymaker. And uh, Nick and Jackie, they've loved uh, the Graceland Church original I Will Not Be Shaken. And we just love, yeah, great job on that. We love these happy songs. But it does beg the question that in life, what is happiness? Is happiness knowing your purpose? Some people think happiness is doing whatever you want. Is happiness being loved? Is it living your dream? Is happiness winning the lottery? Is it paying my bills? Is it health? Is it feeling good most of the time? Commercialism tells us that happiness is whatever we don't have. They want us to believe that we will be happy when we buy their product. Commercialism is so powerful. You know, my family already is fairly obsessed with Chick-fil-A, and I never thought that Chick-fil-A needed commercials, but now Chick-fil-A does commercials. So when we see a Chick-fil-A commercial, of course, the kids start saying, we want some Chick-fil-A. Commercialism is a powerful thing, but after eating a lot of Chick-fil-A, I've realized that it brings me momentary pleasure, but it doesn't actually make me happy in a lasting way. As Americans, uh, we're taught that happiness is a right. Our constitution says that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are our American rights. Uh, In reality, these are all external things. And our first principle today, if you're following on the notes, is that when it comes to happiness and joy, it's the change in you, not the change around you that makes the difference. So it's not necessarily a change of circumstances, but it's a change in you, in the circumstances. We're going to look at this promise out of the book of Philippians, which is written by the Apostle Paul. Let me give you a little of the context. In his letter to the church in Philippi, which was known as Philippians, Paul taught about the Christian's attitude in the face of adversity and trial. As a missionary, Paul traveled around the Mediterranean Sea. Now, pay attention. This is important. Paul did not write this book, the letter of Philippians, sitting on a beach in the Greek Isles. He did not write about joy and happiness while enjoying a vacation. Paul was not on a cruise or visiting sites in world-class cities. Paul wrote this letter from prison. He was chained to a Roman guard awaiting trial. Paul was separated from the people he cherished and prevented from doing what he loved most, reaching people with the gospel and planting churches. So what you'd expect 
in a letter from Paul is sadness, despair, anger, and heartache. You'd expect Paul's letter to proclaim his innocence and rant against the judicial system or maybe make a desperate plea to break him out of prison. None of us would blame Paul for pity or regret. If anyone deserved to complain, it was Paul. But instead, from a damp, dark dungeon of a prison, the overwhelming theme of Paul's letter was joy. The letter was written to a group of churches that were experiencing the beginning of persecution and attacks. The religious leaders of the day didn't like the message of the gospel of Jesus and the changes it brought. The believers in Philippi were living in extreme poverty and they were ostracized by society and under pressure. Our second principle is pressure doesn't create, it reveals. Early in Jess and I's marriage, we faced some intense pressure multiple times, like many of you in your lives. And my wife had this illustration that we're like a tube of toothpaste. Whenever that tube of toothpaste gets squeezed really hard, whatever is inside comes out. And that's what we were learning about our own lives. Pressure did not create the toothpaste that comes out of the tube. It reveals the toothpaste that is already in the tube. And this is true in our own lives as well. Pressure doesn't create what is in us. Pressure reveals what is in us. And we've all had some sort of increased pressure during this pandemic. A lot of us have faced financial pressure. A lot have had relational pressure. Certainly we've had pressure from fear or worry. And the question is, what will pressure reveal in you? Or what has pressure revealed in you? And the promise today is the secret of living and responding with joy while under pressure. And I don't use that word secret in a gimmicky way. It's actually the word that scripture uses. Let's look at Philippians 4.12. Paul said, from prison, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Let's pause there, because there's something encouraging right off the bat. Paul was not born with contentment. He didn't have a special personality trait. He didn't have a special super apostle gift. The scripture says he learned contentment. And that's our fourth principle. None of us are born with contentment, but we can learn contentment. This is good news for me because I don't always feel content. This is good news for you as you endeavor to grow in contentment. He said, I've learned the secret of being content. You don't really hear a lot of people say, my life goal is to be content or that my big dream is to be content. So let's define that word. The dictionary says, Content is being satisfied with what one is or has, not wanting more or anything less. Stephen Cole defined it this way. Contentment is an inner sense of rest and peace that comes from being right with God and knowing that God is with you. I like how this author said it. Content people have a sense of rest and peace because they know God is with them. That's a drastic difference from what culture and advertising teaches about happiness and joy. Real joy and lasting peace does not come from the frantic pursuit of happiness. Instead, it comes from understanding that whatever is happening around you, God is with you. The mindset of contentment says this, and it's number five for your notes. Even when I experience difficult circumstances, God is with me. So I trust him in the good times in the bad times. I can trust him when I understand everything going on and when I can't understand everything going on. I can trust him when people are against me or for me. 
I can trust him when it seems like I have everything or when it seems like I have lost everything. I can trust him. I'll never forget, I was a a young pastor living in Pennsylvania uh, 15, 20 years ago, and there was an incredible woman in our church family named Diana Burkhardt. And some of uh, my friends or family might be watching from Pennsylvania. Uh, Shout out to Diana Burkhardt and the Burkhardt family. And she had a severe stroke many years back, and it was very painful. She has four lovely daughters, wonderful husband. And she ended up in the hospital for quite a while. She's still with us and flourishing in life now. And she has wonderful joy. She's not the same as she was before the stroke, though. I was the worship pastor at that church. And I'll never forget visiting her hospital room as she was being threatened with death and with the potential of losing everything in her hospital bed. And we would sit in her hospital room and just play worship songs and cry. And she was overflowing with joy. She had learned the secret of contentment no matter what the circumstance was. And actually Nick reported to me quite a few times last week when he was in the emergency room, when he was laid up in a hospital bed, not sure what was going on. The consistent report from him and Jackie to me and others was, we're at peace. Nick just kept on saying, I'm at peace. I sense the presence of God. Jackie said to my wife and I, hey, we're going to be okay. Even if our okay is different than what God's okay is, we're going to be okay because we are content. So my friend Diana Burkhardt, she knew God was with her and that God would even use what the enemy intended for evil for good. And it begs the question, what is the secret? And we're going to finish this promise in verse 13. It says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You might have learned it this way if you've been in the church for a while. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, this is a very misunderstood promise. Paul is not boasting in this moment and saying, I am some kind of super spiritual Christian that can do anything I want. We have to remember the context. Paul had spent several decades pursuing the call of God. He gave up an admired position as a Pharisee and teacher in the Jewish synagogues in order to travel from city to city, plant churches, heal the sick, and preach the good news. And now after all these years in service, he had given his life sacrificially, he found himself in a damp, cold prison cell. More than that, he was beaten, flogged, and chained because he refused to quit preaching the gospel. He was stripped of his freedom and his dignity and his human rights, and he was in pain. Imagine it with me for a minute. Paul was probably wiping blood from his face. He could barely hold the pen because of the pain in his wrist from the shackles. He could barely see the parchment he was writing on because the only light in the room was coming through the small crack in the wall of the cold prison cell. Yet in all the pain, persecution, and imprisonment, Paul declared his dependence upon God and said, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So our sixth principle, declare your dependence on God. I think as believers, we don't have a declaration of independence. We have a declaration of dependence on God. Sometimes we miss the point of this promise. Saying that we can do all things through Christ that gives me strength doesn't mean that we can just go do whatever we want. It means we can be content through anything because Jesus is our strength and we've declared our dependence upon him. It's as if Paul is saying, I've learned to go without and I've learned to go with much because Jesus gives me strength in both situations. He says, I've learned to be content in the good and the bad times, even to the point of being content in prison because Jesus 
gives me strength. And if you think, wow, I don't know if I could do that, that's good. You can't do it, but the secret is you can rely on Jesus. And here's the most important point of the day, and we're gonna start to close with this. Number seven, the source of our contentment is a person, not provision. In knowing Christ, we are satisfied. The source of our contentment is Jesus Christ himself. Earlier in the book of Philippians is one of my favorite scriptures and and one of my life verses, if you will. Paul said this, I count everything else in my life as a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So Paul said this, and this is what I believe scripture teaches us, that our highest calling in life is knowing Jesus. And the really amazing thing about that is Whatever other dreams we have, whatever other hopes and desires we have, whatever other disappointments we have, we can rest in our most important calling, our highest calling right now, and that's knowing Jesus. And it's in that that we find our source of contentment. It's in the person of Jesus. You and I together are all called to the person of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you, if you will, if you're comfortable with it, bow your hearts with me. Close your, close your eyes unless you have kids going crazy in your car. Kids, you can close your eyes with me if you want. Take a listen. God doesn't promise happiness and a pocket full of sunshine every day. He doesn't promise everything will go your way. He doesn't promise a life free of heartache, cancer, pain, frustration, or sadness. He doesn't promise we'll never be hungry or we'll never be persecuted for our faith. He doesn't promise a big house or a new car or a pony. <laughs> But he does promise that you can have joy in the face of trouble. You can be content in seasons of need. You can keep going when others around you quit. You can be agreeable instead of argumentative. You can see light even in the deepest, darkest spot in the tunnel. You can face heartache, disappointment, sickness, and pain with peace and trust. You can actually do everything through him who gives you strength. God is with you, you're not alone. And it's because he is with you that you can rely on him for strength. You can live with joy and contentment no matter what comes. My final point today is just an invitation. Say yes to the invitation to know Jesus today. It's also making a declaration of dependence. And Lord, we pray together on this beautiful Sunday morning, gathered in our vehicles, gathered in our living rooms, all around Tennessee and around the country. And we declare our dependence on you, Lord. I'm speaking for myself now, guys. You can pray with me if you want. God, I don't know what to do. I don't understand everything clearly. I have so many questions. I have pain, I have hurt, I have challenges. But God, I declare my dependence on you. And I declare that the highest calling in my life, Lord, is to know you. And I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to more fully surrender my life to you and commit my life to you for all of my days. I want to more fully walk in the way of Jesus, demonstrating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to more fully be the kind of person you've called me to be so that I can love those around me well and lay down my life for them so that I can love my neighbor well and lay down my life for them, so that I can be a part of what you're doing in the world and share the good news and participate 
with works of compassion and justice to share what I've been given as much as possible with those who are in need. I commit my life to you, Jesus, and I thank you that all other pursuits pale in comparison to knowing you. I thank you that you are my forgiveness. I know I fall short. I know I'm a broken person. But in you, I have life. I have hope. I have forgiveness. Forgive me for where I fall short. Thank you that you've made a way for me through the cross. You've made provision for me. Thank you that you've invited me on a wonderful adventure of following you and knowing you for all of my days. Lead me onward, God, and lead us onward as a church, we pray. Reinvigorate our heart with the wonder of knowing the living God. Bring back that wow factor to our heart and our mind. You have invited us to something so incredibly special to partake of the goodness and the wonders of the message of reconciliation. You've called us friends. You've called us sons and daughters. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Go now and take hold of the life that really is life. Shun the eagerness for money, but be rich in good works. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And may God be our refuge and fortress. May Christ Jesus free us from all that binds us. And may the Holy Spirit provide us with everything for godliness and contentment. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a wonderful afternoon. We're honored that you were here. Thanks for joining us online. We love you guys.